0: Father, we thank you that through your death and your resurrection, we can have common union with you. We can have a communion. We can have a fellowship of oneness with you, Father, the Son, and the Spirit. There is no divide. We are one. We are of the same lineage. And there's nothing common about that powerful reality that His death, His life has created that you and I can experience the fullness of life. And I just sense that the Holy Spirit just saying, and I just shared a, a word before, but yes. Let your yes be yes. And if we will give Him our yes, we will experience this life more and more. So give him your yes. And let your yes that you give him be a yes. All things are possible. All things when we give him our yes. And as we know, we're going to have to give him our yes. Yes if we want to experience the fullness of what he's declaring. Fortunately or unfortunately, there is no other way. You know, he says, if you want the fullness of life, you have to come through my door. I am the door. And that is a death to life door. So something needs to die for something to be birthed but he promises he'll do that process in us. And so he just looks for your yes and my yes. And it's not a one-off thing. It's a continual yes. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And he's calling you and I into maturity. And that's the question is, do you wanna be a mature son or do you wanna maintain immaturity? That is the question he's asking. It's a a question of maturity. Do you want to be responsible? Do you want to carry responsibility? I'm looking to bestow upon you myself, my ways that you would carry it. But I want to grow you to maturity where you're able to handle what I want to put in your hand. I don't want immature sons running around with gifts because they're dangerous people. They operate outside of me and they cause chaos. And so he's looking for maturity. He's been looking for maturity forever and he'll continue to look for it. Do you want to be mature? Because if you do want to be mature, then you have to give him your yes when your flesh says no. See, when your flesh screams, no, 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 no. Your spirit needs to scream, yes, 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 because the flesh is weak, but the spirit's willing. That's why we have to overcome the flesh with the power of God, because it's weak. But the spirit's willing. I know everyone's here, spirit's willing. But just because your spirit's willing doesn't mean you say yes, and the flesh overcomes, and so the life never comes. So can I just pray for us? Lord, I pray that we would continually give you our yes, and you would fill us more and more with your power that we can give you our yes. I pray, Lord, that it's upon your strength that we give you this yes. But Lord, also through discipline, we would give you a yes to allow you, because you are trustworthy. You are wholeheartedly, abundantly trustworthy. You have proven that time and time and time and time and time and time again to us. You are trustworthy. Someone needs to hear that. God is trustworthy. So allow Him, trust in Him. Trust Him. He is so trustworthy. He is worthy of your trust. Entrust your heart to Him, not to man. Give him your whole heart. He will never break it. Man breaks one's heart, but he never does and he never will. And so, Lord, I pray today we would give you our yes. And as Simon prayed, open the eyes of our hearts to see and our ears to hear the word of the Lord as it is declared this morning. Lord, help us to receive it through the power of Holy Spirit. Help us, Father, to accept it. Help us to hear it. Lord, I pray it would perform a work in our hearts and our minds for all those who find themselves believing today, having a deep-rooted conviction of what is shared. Holy Spirit, reveal the Son deep in our innermost being. So we may live from this place, this river place, this place of life, this wellspring of life, this resurrected life, this eternal life place, which is being built and formed in us. We ask this, we seek this, we knock on heaven's door for this more and more and more for the revelation, the appropriation of your truth within us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I want you, you yeah, grab a seat. And... I thought Simon was sort of pinching half a message there, which he did, which is awesome. Um, just shows you when Holy Spirit speaks, He speaks not just to one, but He speaks to numbers of people. And we've been talking about being transformed by the Word and not any word. We are not changed by any word, but we are changed by the word. We're changed by Jesus Christ and the words that came from him. So his words are integrated into himself. So the word that we must receive is the word of Christ, the word himself, the words of Christ, for they are the words that have spirit and life. Those are the words that go to work in us and so we must be able to hear those words there's hearing and hearing have you found that? you can be in a conversation with someone but you're not listening, you're not hearing at all their mouth's moving but you're somewhere else and so they ask you a question and you go, "Uh, what? (laughs) and you're found out and this happened to me some years ago. Some of you have heard this story. Um, anybody eaten here raw schnitzel? This Muppet has. <laughs> this Muppet ate raw schnitzel because he wasn't hearing what was said. Because although his wife was talking to him, he was more interested in watching Paul Holmes and what Paul Holmes had to say. And so the story goes a bit like this, that's right. <laughs> um, We were having schnitzel this night and uh, Danny was cooking it and I was listening to Paul Holmes and she was saying, look, we'll just have this for tomorrow night because we've got a lot of schnitzel. I'm going, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm not really hearing, I'm just hearing Paul Holmes. I could have told you what Paul Holmes was talking about. And so she's given me instructions on the following night, what I need to do. But of course, I didn't hear anything. So I'm like, yep, sweet as, no problem. So we had a beautiful meal that night, and uh, the next night rolls around, Danny was at a meeting, I come home, and I'm starving. I'm absolutely famished, okay? So I go to the fridge, I pull out the schnitzel, there it is, it's all crumbed, and it looked cooked, because it was it was crumbed, and I'm starving, and I didn't really look at it, and I just put it in the microwave to heat it up, thinking it's already cooked, okay? So it's now warm, and I put it in, I, I thought, oh, can't be bothered doing any veggies, whatever, so I just got a couple of bits of bread, buttered up the bread, slapped it in the middle, got tomato sauce, got you know, like this all over it. So As I'm sitting there and I got my drink, and I sit down, watch Paul Holmes again, put the tally on, get my schnitzel, you know when you're hungry, I'm like, mmm, and then I went, went to pull it, and the thing went, vunk. <laughs> it was almost like the cartoon, you know, smack, come back in your face, I'm like, mmm, that didn't taste like it tasted last night. But I was so starving, I didn't click. So I'm like munching into this thing. I'm like, oh God, it's chewy. Man, what's this all about? This does not taste like it tasted last night. What happened in 24 hours? So anyway, Danny comes home and uh, I'm you know, pondering in my thought and I'd sort of forgotten about it. she comes home and anyway, she says, oh, she says, um, oh, it's good. You, you cleaned up after you did all the dishes. Oh, yeah, yeah. She says, well, so how did you cook the schnitzel? <laughs> I was like, eh? She said, so how did you cook the schnitzel? And I was like, you know, and you go like tick, 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 tick in your head. Now I'm going, do I admit this? (laughs) You see, I ate raw schnitzel because I couldn't hear instruction. And that led me down a pathway of doing something really dumb. Now I could have been on the toilet all night, couldn't I? Because I could have been in trouble and that would have been not that nice And because I couldn't hear, that took me down a pathway. And that's what Simon was referring to just before, and we're going to look at some of this this morning, because if we are unable to hear, we will take the wrong pathway. Thinking we're on the right pathway. Thinking we're doing the right thing. But we're not. And if we are not aligned and turned back, then we may stay on that whole pathway. You see, our flesh and the enemy wants to get us slightly off cue. And when I was thinking about this, you know, if you were to go from Wellington to Auckland, you really want to stay on State Highway 1. And yeah, there are multiple ways, but this was the thing he was talking about, is that State Highway 58 can look the same as State Highway 1. It's not radically different in this nation. If you were to go overseas, you know, you've got motorways and highways and there's multi-lanes and all that, but in New Zealand, all the roads look the same. So you can easily take Highway 58 thinking you're on, State Highway 1 because it looks exactly the same. There's only two lanes, goes left way, this one goes that way, and be completely unaware that Highway 58 is leading you to Napier instead of going straight up the island, And if we're not arrested, apprehended, and something happens, then possibly, maybe, who knows, we may or we may never get back on State Highway 1, which means we never end up in Auckland. Here's the thing. The picture of our finish line determines how we run the race. So this morning, I'm going to talk about hearing, but it's also seeing. Seeing is hearing, and hearing is seeing, and hearing and seeing is a mode of operation in the kingdom. It's a way of being. So hearing is a way of being and existing in God's domain. Seeing is a way of being, a mode of operation in God's domain. And the Bible says that faith is the ability to see things that are unseen. So the picture of our finish line, can we see the end because we are people of faith? See, faith is way more than just Jesus' ability to perform a miracle. Faith is the absolute assurance of what you're hoping for, the conviction, the absolute knowing of what no one else can see, but you can see it. Because you're seeing in a spiritual dimension, and then you receive from that dimension, and then you live accordingly. But if we cannot hear or see, then we live our lives, and we run our lives according to the vision, sight, we have. The people of God will perish without vision. That's what that means, prophetic sight, prophetic utterance, to be able to hear the words of Jesus Christ. Now, I just don't mean, Holy Spirit, talk to me, give me, okay, I've got to go give $10 to Chris. That is part of it. But that is a part. What I want to talk about today really is much more mature than that, which is about actually being able to hear the words of Christ, the teachings of Christ, and act accordingly to his teachings. So just like Peter, you don't go that way when you should have gone that way. Are we tracking so far? Once again, this is fundamental. So like the other two messages, if you haven't been here, on receiving, because all this is one message over six weeks, receiving the way God intends, not the way you try to. So if we try and understand through the flesh our human ability that's God-given, but God doesn't work that way, he works through our weakness, he works through our spirit, then we're stuck So we must receive through revelation. That is how he works, which none of us can bring ourselves into, yes? Okay, then we must receive the word of God. Not any word, but the word that's sharper than a double-edged sword, that's active, it penetrates, it cuts, it performs a work. So like I said last week, this is the challenge for us because if the word created the heavens which tells me the word creates life then are we eating that word? Can you see the challenge? If we're truly being honest and we can be honest because God loves us and we're not a performance and we're not trying to perform and we're not about comparing ourselves to anybody else and we don't have to make it overnight So if we can truly be honest and allow Him to be the measuring stick, then we can truly come into life if we can be honest. But if you can't be honest, you're going to lie to yourself because you'll ultimately be in fear and you'll never actually look at the true state. So if the Word of God changes things and births life and forms life and out of nothing comes something, then is that the Word that you and I are eating? Which means if we are, we are changing, yes? So would it be fair to say if we're not changing, we're probably not eating the Word of God? Three people believe me. I'll just speak to those three guys. That's a fair indication, isn't it? That God gives us His Word to create life within us. So if we're not changing, I'm not talking about overnight, I'm talking about Our lives. Our lives are constantly to be giving testimony to the change of transformation that the Word is doing. So when was the last time we were able to give testimony of the transformational life that Jesus is doing within us? If it's been a while, can I encourage you that you're probably not eating the Word of God. You may be actually reading it, but you're not receiving it the way He would intend. And it could be your version of it, because it is so authentic and real and true and absolute, which scares the pants off us, but it is, that it will actually do a work. And what's hard about saying that is I know some people right now are feeling really stink, but you're not too, because that's just your flesh. Don't condemn yourself right now because there's no condemnation in Christ. See, we have to be able to look at the stuff, otherwise there's no life. And if we can't look at it because of the fear of everyone getting hurt, then there's no freedom and there's no freedom. So what's the point? See, he's asking, do you want to be mature? Do you want to grow and become the fullness of, of what my son bought and paid for. Do you want to be able to appropriate what's within you, yes or no? Do you want to experience a love that is not of this planet and then be able to love and become a family here? Not a bunch of individual people who turn up as physical families and then go again and there's no interaction in true life. We're just a club that meets. So it's like a gym. You see people at the gym. You train, you have conversations, but then you go and you haven't got a clue who they are and you're not living for them. You're not laying your life down for them. You're just interacting with them. And then you see them again the next couple of days and you might train together. Hey, mate, can you give me a spot? Yeah, but there's no real interaction. There's no true oneness happening. See, is that who we are or do we want to be a mature family who truly are in covenantal relationship with one another, which means it never breaks? And the only way you get out of this is if, if the Father actually calls you out <laughs> why? because the Bible says we're called to love one another and lay our lives down for one another so how much true laying our lives down is happening in this community how much true prayer is going on for one another one example how many people actually think and pray into what God is actually doing here Do you even know what he's doing here? Because you can hear his voice and you can hear the word. So you are actually, you have sight of what's happening. So you're laying your life down according to the sight you've received. Are you tracking with me? See, God is expecting something, isn't he? He is absolutely expecting to see a people on the earth who are living in accordance to his truth. And we've signed up to be those people. So whether you know it or not, or want it or not, you signed a covenantal, in-blood relationship with him when you said, yes, and I am not, I'm in covenant with this man. I didn't choose him. He didn't choose me. The Father chose us to be children together. This man is my brother in Christ. Do I love him? Not with my poxy pathetic love, but with the love of the Father, because I know the Father. Is Jaden receiving unconditional love, a love that always believes in him, always hopes in him, always doesn't hold any wrong in him? So if we have an offense, that love comes out. And same with him for me, because why? Because love covers a multitude of sins, doesn't it? And sins is anything that doesn't have faith attached to it. So if I'm not applying faith, then I'm sinning. That's a little bit different than just sin is just this little thing I do on the side that no one sees, isn't it? Can you see the magnitude of what we're called for? Man, he is calling us. He's, He's wooing us. But if we cannot hear, and I don't mean hear physically, I mean hear your spirit. Your spirit is like going... that. It's like you feel yourself like being moved. Like I I may not understand that in my mind, but, but my spirit can hear it. My spirit's being stirred. I want to move towards that frequency. I can hear a frequency that I'm not hearing anywhere, and I'm moving towards it. And yes, it's big. And yes, it's massive. And yes, it scares the living pants off me, but my spirit is moving towards it because I'm not trusting in my ability to come into it. I'm just moving because I can hear it. It's like angels singing, choirs of angels singing, and I can hear the sound See, there was a sound that went through Acts 2 that they heard that started to stir the city before Pentecost. God was moving among the people before he ever moved. He was moving and there was a sound of rushing wind that they could hear and pick up on. And they were waiting upon the Lord to receive what was for them. And yet, I I don't know. See, if we're not stirred, once again, no one's race is ever over till it's over. But God is stirring the pot here. He's been stirring it for six years. And it's a big stick. (laughs) It's a big stick. And you know, he's so beautiful, he doesn't hit you with a stick. I wish he would at times. Right on the back of the nug. What was that? Well, oh, that was just me trying to get your attention. Because he's so good. <laughs> because he's so good, we can abuse him. Do you realize that? You can abuse his goodness and you can be led into apathy because he's so good and yet his kindness is to lead to repentance the Bible says his kindness if you know his kindness because you start to hear his kindness you start leaving one reality that's really got you consumed and you start moving because you can hear I haven't even started anything that's down here so if you've got a pen and paper, I want you to write these words down, even if you put it somewhere in your scriptures. Because it's, not, it's actually not Rochelle in your PowerPoint. Rochelle's awesome. She helps put these messages together as well. So if you've got any grievances, go see her. <laughs> okay. These are the words... Ears that are attentive, ears that are attentive, and a heart that is receptive. Ears that are attentive, and a heart that is receptive. going to read this out. Being able to hear the Word of God is fundamentally vital to our spiritual existence. If we are not hearing the Word of God, then we are hearing our version of His Word, and this Word is lifeless. So if we're not hearing the Word of God today, we're hearing something. And the Word of God, like I said, will change you, shape you, transform you, bring life where there is not life. If there is brokenness, wholeness comes. For I have come to heal the brokenhearted. He is the Word. So God comes to bring us from our broken state, our ashes, into beauty, yes? And that's the whole process of following Christ, that you would go from brokenness to wholeness, to life and life abundance. And so if we're unable to hear it, then we're hearing something else, which could be his version, our version of him. And we think, yeah, that was amazing, but there's no change. And so we must be able to hear. Faith comes through the ability to hear the word of God. So there's there's an ability that's required in the spirit to hear what I'm saying right now. So I'm going to speak for three hours. <laughs> I've just been giving you an appetizer with an hour, <laughs> just preparing the soil. No, but I'm going to speak for 50 minutes, 45 minutes. And I'm communicating a nugget. So out of all the words that come out of my mouth, which may be 4,000 words, I'm really communicating one word. And the Spirit is saying, can you hear and receive and believe and allow it to enter into you the one word that's being spoken that's living and active? Because these men spoke the word of God and the Thessalonians knew it was the word of God coming out of the vessel of man. They received it, accepted it, believed it, and it performed a work in them. What a work of what, Greg? A work of change, a work of transformation. Why? Because they could hear what was truly being uttered. Now, when you go back and you look at 1 Thessalonians 1, to 8-9, you see these people, because they heard the word, they heard the gospel and word, power, Holy Spirit, and full conviction. The Bible says they let go of the idols they were serving, And they turned and started following the living God. Did you just hear what I said then? See, they heard the word. Pretty much everything they loved that wasn't God, that was in their lives, because that's what idols are. Everything that has your first place heart is an idol. And the word of God is so powerful. Why? Because it's sharper than a double edged sword, Chris. It cuts, it penetrates, it performs a work, it pierces the heart, it causes repentance, which caused them to let go of their idols that were in their heart because the word came in and the idols jumped out. Turn, repentance, and start following the Lord. Hey, we're going to lay your life down for you. We were laying our lives down for ourselves. We were living for self. Why? Because we were loving self and we were leading self. But one day we walk walking around and we heard the word. That was spoken out of the man out of the prophet out of the apostle out of the follower and it was in the atmosphere and there was something to do within us in our heart because it's not about hearing with your physical ears it's about hearing with your spiritual ears something that's so profound that would grab you spin you and now I'm moving towards that frequency I can hear that's the power of the word so the question again is, is this the word we're eating? Once again, don't be condemned because there's no condemnation in Christ. Be inspired. Be excited. Think, Wah, And then you Go, I'm invited to that. Little old Greg Simnor is invited to partake of that. For you've invited me to sit next to you on your throne? What? You're kidding me? No. Certainly you must be having me on. No. Let it motivate you. Not demotivate you. See, here's the problem. If it demotivates you, you know what you're doing right now? You're not hearing. Not accurately. You're hearing through the flesh. And just like Peter did, you will deny, deflect, reject the word. Peter. All right, come with me to, um, where's the scripture? Where is it? Simon, Matthew, no, it's, I think my vision's Mark. Uh, Mark, 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 because I'm in Mark. Hold on, I'll find it. Yeah, come here to Mark eight twenty-seven. <laughs> Mark eight twenty-seven. <clears throat> Once again, this is real powerful stuff that we've read, but I don't know about you guys, but you meditate and the layers that are here and you go, it's only one page. How many layers are there, man? That's a pretty skinny page. And yet the layers seem to be like folding cabinets or filing cabinets of living manna. It's like you eat one thing and all of a sudden you've got a whole dinner plate on the table. It's like, man, I ate a chicken nugget. Now I've got a whole spread of KFC. It's amazing. Okay, anyway, Mark 8, 27. Jesus went out along with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way he questioned his disciples saying to them, who do people say that I am? They told him saying John the Baptist and others say Elijah and others one of the prophets. And he continued by questioning them. But who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said to him, you are the Christ. And he warned them to tell no one about him. Verse 31. These are really important words. And he began to teach them. So Jesus Christ, God, that all things have come through, is about to teach his version of himself and his way. Okay, you hearing that? Okay. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. There's hope, isn't it? There's the hope in the not-so-hope message, but it is hope. Jesus is very wise and clever. And he was stating the matter plainly. (laughs) So he's clearly communicating in his natural language. Here we go. And Peter took him aside. And began to rebuke him. Do I need to remind us who him is? Hey, Pete, were you there when there was nothing and then I spoke and then there was something? Yeah, no, no, you weren't, were you? No, that's right. You were in my thinking, but that was thousands of years later. Were you there when, you know, I did ABC and. So. Peter, why are you rebuking me? Why are you now in opposition to me? Because Peter can't hear. Well, he's hearing, but he's not hearing. gets better. But turning around and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter. And said, get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. And he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And as we know it goes on, it says, what would be the whole point of living for yourself and then completely missing it? See, what the Holy Spirit showed me as I was reading this was a number of cool things. One of them was I saw a picture of Jesus going like this after this encounter with Peter. So he turns to his disciples he says, I'm going to make a point out of this right now. See, so often we can read these and go, oh, Jesus rebuked them. He's so loving. He's just lovely and sort of like very much went, oh, hi, it's okay, fellas. He's a very charismatic Jesus. He's in touch with his emotions. And we can just think, oh, it's all good. No, no, Jesus rebuked them. What's it like to be rebuked but rebuked in love? See, when I discipline my children in love, they don't like it. Dad doesn't come, oh, it's okay, Lily. It's okay that you smashed the vase over Madeline's head. You know, it's fine. We just have to go to the hospital and put 20 stitches in her head. But it's okay. We'll figure it out. No, no, no. It's a rebuke. Lily, come here. What have you done? Do you see this? But it's still love. It's going to restore Lily, even though Lily's losing the plot and crying. And we have to see it through his lens. So he's going, Right. You're going to rebuke me? It's time for object lesson number 517. (laughs) You, come here. You lot, come here. If any one of you want to follow me, I'm going to make this very clear. You must deny you. That's offensive, isn't it? but I quite like me. Well, that's fine. But if you want to follow me, you have to lose you. Why is it whenever, whenever the message of death to self comes out, most people reject it, deflect it, resist it, justify it away? Is that we can? Is that we can? But why do we? See, can you hear what Peter's, Jesus is saying? Guys, I'm going to die. This is my way. Okay, Can they hear it? No. Why? Because they have their minds set to their agenda. That's what Jesus is saying. Get behind me, Satan. Was Peter Satan? No. What is Jesus saying? He's saying this mindset is from the kingdom of darkness. It's demonic. It's wisdom that's demonic now. It's opposing me and it comes from the kingdom of darkness, which is what James says. The wisdom of the flesh is demonic. You think like the kingdom of darkness, which is anti, in opposition to the kingdom of the spirit. But it's really, really happening. What happens if Jesus walks away? Peter's left in that state. Can you see why he does not walk away from you and I? But we are in the state. We are no different. You have to put yourself into the story. You're not outside, and I'm not outside of these scriptures. I'm heavily in them. And to sit there and go, that's not me, and point fingers is called judgmental and self-righteous, pride of life, and the Father knows those people but from afar. Do you want to be afar or close? So we've got to get this. And like I said last week, it's a deadly serious. Because there is something happening here that is happening right here. It happens every week. To think it doesn't would be foolishness because you walk away completely unaware of the true reality that's happening. You see, here's what's cool. Peter had a revelation of who the Father was, didn't he? And where did he get that from? The Father. Matthew 16, 17. How do you know that I am the Messiah, Peter? Because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Point number one in my message two weeks ago, yes? Revelation, 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 revelation. Flesh and blood, humanity, man's teaching, man's ways. Did not reveal to you I am the Messiah. You with me? Okay, so he's got an idea, a revealed picture of a measure of who Jesus is. What doesn't he have at this point in time? Thank you. He does not have Christ's perspective. He doesn't have Christ's mindset on Christ's ways and the way things operate. Hence, he's actually deflecting and he's rejecting and he's in opposition to Christ. Why? Because he doesn't know the ways of God. He doesn't know the ways of God of death yet. To life. He's still fighting for himself, trying to keep himself alive. He's got all his ideas, he's got how it's all going to work, and he's off to the races. In the name of Jesus. And the man is a picture of the church. Every character in the Bible is a picture of you and I. I ask myself, what do I learn from Peter? Father, what do I learn from Paul? What do I learn from Ananias? What do I learn from Silas? What do you want me to learn about Moses? What do you want me to learn about Noah? Job? Nothing. (laughs) Yeah, that's me, not you, eh? Can you see what's unfolding in front of us? And that's unfolding here in this community? If we do not have ears to hear, you know what happens over time? You go this is not living, it has no life. Your only option is the door. And you will go find food that you can eat and hear. Here's the challenge though. Do we want to mature? Because I had to walk through this my very self. I was presented with a measure of Christ, his ways. I was like Peter. And someone came to me and presented a nugget of truth in the way God builds his people. And I did not have a revealed understanding, a living understanding of what I was being shared. So I have a choice to make. The choice could be, I don't believe that, and I've got the answers. So thank you, but the meeting ends now. That's one choice that I could have made, isn't it? I know it all, and what I'm hearing doesn't fit in my nice little box. That could be one thing. I could go, hmm, that's an interesting thought. I might get round to doing something about that one day. But at the moment, I'm consumed with what I know or what I think I know. And you know what? Liverpool playing. We're in Europe, semi-final. Doing so well. And then there's the kids and the this and the that and the this. So what did he say? It sort of stirred me a little bit. But yeah, no, no, I just never got to it. Or, this is what I did. I went, I acknowledge, I don't understand what you're sharing. But there was something in me that went, what if it's the truth? What if what this person is saying actually is the truth? Because what this was going to mean, if it was true, is the way I was leading needed to change. This community was going to need to change. This was not little change. This was catastrophic change. This was the ship was going to have to turn quite aggressively into the new direction of where it was now going. So this isn't like, oh, yeah, we'll just tweak some things here and there. This is major, major shift. And I was hungry enough to want to know if it was true. I was prepared to go on a journey with this person and the Holy Spirit to discover whether it was to find out it wasn't. I was prepared to waste, I don't know how long it was going to be, to discover whether in fact it was going to actually be true. Why? Because I love him. And I was prepared, because I love him, to take the time out of my busy agenda to discover if it was him. Not just accept it willy-nilly like it was, but to actually go, Holy Spirit, I'm going to seek you and ask you and ask you to reveal the way you reveal in me whether what I'm hearing is the truth. And you know what? Six years later on, He didn't just reveal that one nugget. He revealed about 10. Hence, the book's coming out soon. Because he said, put it in print that people have a resource that they can meditate and chew on it and chew on it. But as I say at the start of the book, if you're not prepared to go on the journey and ask the question without an agenda, don't bother reading it. Or if you're looking for it to fit inside your dynamic little boxes, don't bother. Because it requires an ability to hear, an ability to see, an ability to want to desire, an ability to move towards because humility is in your heart. And it had no agenda. It had no, it's going to look like this, it's going to look like that. And when the Father opened it up to me, then I'm left with a challenge that says, what are we going to do about this now? Because now you're accountable to what I'm showing you. And if you know me, and we've gained some people, lost some people, so the chances of you really knowing me, you'll know that I was so passionate, obsessed with reaching lost people. I still am. But the Father, through this journey, has redefined that and put it in its rightful place, which is not number one, but sits behind number one. And then the father said this, son, stop leading the rock community to the lost and start leading them to me. Because so many of my people don't know me the way I want them to know me. And that's the journey we've been on. Hence, that thing over there with the orange sign says knowing him. Now, if you know me, you'll know how massive that was. It was going to take a revelation from heaven to turn me from the conviction that he put in me about lost people. I didn't read a book. I didn't listen and go, oh, I'm going to believe you. I sought the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God revealed this within me. The life that has come in me from that has tenfold the life I was in and if you know anything about me I came in a powerful, powerful way got saved in my workplace baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit and was catapulted into the kingdom it made that work look small but it starts in being able to hear something in the spirit that draws you because my spirit was being drawn to what was being said My mind had no understanding. In fact, it was hurting. And yet, the person just took me to the scriptures and read the scriptures out. So he wasn't pulling it out of thin air. He said, come, let's read them together. You know what I didn't have? Eyes to see. I didn't understand that God builds on a certain pattern. I didn't have eyes to understand the function of those giftings. I didn't have the mindset, the understanding, no living reality. So I was doing what I thought was right. And when he revealed this to me during the week, you know, he said, you know who that was, don't you, son? Do you know who that was that had a revelation of who I was but didn't have a revelation of the ways? And I went, got me. It's me, eh? But you know, when you know him and you love him, you can acknowledge that without fear of anything. Because I'm not about, he's not not a God of performance. We are. We're the people who want to perform, who we look at others and we think, I should be like that. I should be like this. I wish I was like that. I wish I got that gift. Why can't I be that? Mate, we just need to take a chill pill and come to know him. Because the reason why we think like that, if I can say this, is because we don't know him. You see, when you really know him because you have ears to hear him and receive him the way he intends, that thinking goes. That is thinking of an orphan. It's a slave mentality. We're called to be sons. Sons. Sons hear the voice of their father. They hear the teaching of the father. Now, once again, it's process, isn't it? It's time. Please hear me. Uh, It's it's all he's looking for. Are we on the journey? The true journey. He said, blessed are your eyes because they see, ears because they hear. Many, many prophets wanted to know this day that you are knowing today. They live their lives to know the day that you're being exposed to. What are we doing with that? If men and women gave their lives who would never see it but were moving towards it so we could, what are you and I doing? They lay their lives down for us. 1 John 3.16. You'll know them by the way they lay their lives down for one another. Did they know you and I? Anybody here know Moses? Moses. Anyone know anyone out of the Old Testament that knew them? Those people lay their lives down for you and I. Is that inside our understanding? See, when this hits you, everything starts to change. Everything. Someone who doesn't know me, I wasn't even born, lived a life loving me, That life caused life. If Paul didn't be Paul, then we're not reading his teachings. We're not able to come into something, possibly because the man actually never finished his race. So the man's life, not only was it testimony to him, not only did it glorify God, but he lived it for you and I. He died for you. He went to prison for you. He received lashes for you and I. What are we doing with that? <laughs> it's serious, eh? And you see this, Jesus, in the love of the Father, that's constantly present, believing all things, because he says, blessed are your eyes because you, they see, blessed are your ears because they hear. And in one verse later, he's saying, guys... Guys, do you still not see and hear? Do you still not understand? How long am I have to be with you for you to have your eyes and your ears opened to the realm in which you're called to live? Did you not take any insight from the incident with the bread and the feeding of the 15,000? Did you not really learn what that was about? That was not about feeding people physically that's what we do That's been taught it's just about the miracle no it's not yes it's about that but it's more than that he says to them did you not learn what that incident was really about because I'm saying to you now and I'm teaching you and the Pharisees have just come so I'm saying to you do not listen to the leaven be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees Of course, they all thinking, once again, he's talking about bread. you see their inability to hear? He's talking about the teaching of these people that's coming out, that's confusing everything, and they're against me. So he says, beware of this flesh teaching. Jew, we didn't bring any bread. We're in trouble again. So he says... What are you doing talking about bread? Did you not learn anything from what I just did? Are you not coming to me for your life source? I am the bread of life. I came down out of heaven. Eat my flesh and eat my blood, drink my blood, and you will have life within you, abundant life. It's not about just healings and signs and wonders. I'm doing all that, and these people still ask for more. It's about a heart transformation because you can hear Hear, hear, hear the word, the word, the word, and receive and believe and accept, and it will perform a work. And God's love was always present for those men, even when they betrayed him. Friend, do what you've come to do. Friend. With Peter, when he denies him, when he professes a realm, how many of us are Peter's? Saying one thing, doing another, abusing his grace, abusing his love. We'll get round maybe next week to seeing you. You know, he's amazing and he's so good. I wish he wasn't as good because it would waken us up from, but he is good. (laughs) Can you hear what I'm saying? I'm crying today to you. I'm imploring you, I'm urging you to come to the water and drink. Come to the well of Christ and drink, but you can't bring you with you. You're going to want to bring you with you, but you can't. If you want to come after me, you must deny yourself before you take up your cross. Ministry. Before you want to figure out your gifting. Before you want to go do great things for me. Before you want to serve me. Before you want to, because you're still sitting on that throne, Greg. If you don't get that sorted, you're going to go in my name and do stuff. And I'm going, what are you doing, son? You're going to think you're building the church. You're going to think you can build the church. And it's going to cause you weight and heaviness and anxiousness. You're going to try and do it in your own strength. You're going to do it your way. And you won't have life, Greg. Greg, wake up. And an invite came. It came. And I responded because there was something in me that could hear. I didn't have understanding. I do today. I'm hoping you can hear. I really am. I'm hoping you're not asleep. Some of you are asleep right now. Gotta wake up. The problem with man is that man wants to be God and. Until we let that go, we're in trouble. I'm going to read you just some scriptures, and I'm going to read them fast, and then we're going to get out of here. James 1.19 But everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. You've got to be quick to hear. See, the problem is we're quick to speak. Quick to hear requires humility. <coughs> Quick to speak is pride. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. <sniffs> yeah. And see what happens there is you get angry. Yeah. See when one, someone's sharing something you don't understand it, you get frustrated, you start getting angry, especially if they keep saying the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. We do, don't we? Yeah. Why is this muppet still harping on about this stuff? No, no. When you're humble, you're quick, you're repositioned. It's like this. Teach me. I want to learn. I'm not quick to just... What about Mark 4, 9? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. That's in relation to the sower. Okay? Okay? parable of the soul which is the kingdom message we're preaching kingdom messages Mark 12 28 to 29 I love this what commandment is the foremost of all Jesus answered the foremost is hear O Israel see before he says love the Lord he throws in a hear it ain't the commission it ain't reaching lost people It's not healing the sick, raising the dead and casting out demons. Oh no, what does that mean? It means we've got to stop. We've got to be apprehended. And we've got to ask questions why the great commandment is the first great commandment. So you've got to actually take the time now to start asking the question on why would God say out of all the things, it's that. Oh, I ain't got time for that because I've got to catch a plane next week. I've already mapped out what it's going to look like see this is what I was confronted with I had it mapped out next year, this year, this year, this year, this year, this year 10 years, I saw what it was going to look like he goes, that's all good but it ain't me and you've got to be prepared to let your life go you've got to be prepared to let your agenda, go. Can you? Many leaders that I talk to can't. Why? Because their identity is in ministry. Their ego is in ministry. Their purpose is in ministry. They don't know who they are. If I God takes away the doing, I've got no purpose you got all the purpose in the world. You're my son. My identity is in who I am in Christ, not what I do for Christ, but is yours. Can everyone leave everything at the altar and step back and go, there's all the doing. I just want to get to know you and be with you because you love me and I love you. And whether I ever pick up the doing again, it doesn't matter because it's not about that as a first place priority with God. But I'm telling you today, many can't. Most can't. Because identity, purpose, ego, passion, agendas, life, what they value is all in what we do for God. But God said, firstly, get to know me. I don't need you to do anything for me because I created it all. Job, were you there? Greg, were you there? Now, once I'm repositioned, now let's go and share some things about how I want to do things and how you're going to play a role in that. By faith, which is the ability to see unseen things and make choices that are going to stretch you outside of your comfort zone And where you're going to have to trust in me, my power, my strength in you to see this work that's mine accomplished. Can you let go of all that, Greg? Hmm. How long I got to decide? Well, you got a whole life. So this is my journey. I'm not preaching or expecting you guys to do nothing I've not been through. So I know it. And he says, hear, O Israel, the very first commandment is to love me with every part of you, which you can't do and I can't do until we let go of us. Luke 8.21, listen to this. My mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. Another big statement, another absolute truth. You want to be his family, what do you got to do? Hear his word. Don't rush off and do it, hear it because the hearing defines the doing. He's not looking for any work, he's looking for his work. They're not about doing anything, it's about doing the thing he designs you to do. For there are works that have been prepared beforehand for you to accomplish. It's those works, which are works of faith, which are internal works first and external. So you don't end up like the men in Matthew 7.21 who don't enter because they're not doing the will of God. But they were doing signs and wonders and healing the sick and raising demons and casting everything out of everything that lived. He said, yeah, yeah, but they weren't doing my will because they didn't know me. Greg, don't lead them to the lost son, lead them to me because they don't know me. And if they know me, they'll not only know me, which the truth will set you free and bring you into abundant life within, they will know my ways. So they're not walking away when they should be walking too. Why? Because they can hear. They can Hear. Hear. Here they're appropriating the master's teaching, not like Peter listening and going, No, I reject it. Revelation here, I've just this is what these scriptures say, okay? Revelation 2, verse 7, 11, 17, 29. Revelation 3, uh, sorry, chapter 3, 6, 13, 22. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, separate scriptures in Revelation. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Do you know what is being declared in those passages? only the inheritance for the church. If you don't even know they're there, well, that's one thing, isn't it? So that's like you've been invited to come and play, in my context, for Liverpool, and you've been invited to play in the Europa League final, Greg, to play with some of the guys that you watch and admire and that but I don't even know the invites in the mail. So I never open the invite and yet I was invited. And the game has played. We won. 4-0. I'm prophesying right now. And I miss it. And yet I was invited. So it's one thing to not even be able to hear it. If you don't even know they're there, I would, again, I would invite you, encourage you to wake up. Seriously wake up because it's for you. And he says, the overcomer, I'm going to put a new name on their forehead. The overcomer is going to sit with me on my throne. There are promises, and God does not lie, for the church. The church that allow him to do the work of sanctification in her. The church that let go of their own lives and let God be God. There are promises for you and I. But he says, if you want to receive this life, then you have to be able to hear it in the Spirit. So it's one thing for me to read it out and everyone goes, yeah, 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 that's really cool. That's not hearing it. Hearing it is hearing it in the spirit, seeing it in the spirit, receiving it through the power of revelation into your spirit. The power of that word comes and it fills you with literal power and now it apprehends you from what you were living for, turns you, gets you going to the mailbox, opening the mailbox, opening the invite, going, hallelujah, that's for me, let's go. The bride has made herself ready. And that's not about going to the letterbox, letterbox, letterbox. It's about going to the letterbox, opening the invite, and now walking a new life. But you've got to hear. You've got to be able to receive, accept, believe. Finish with this. Luke 5, 37, 39. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled out. And the skins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine wishes for the new. For the old is good enough. You see the Father, can you hear the Father's heart in that passage? That if the new wine is poured into an old wineskin, it's ruined. So love holds back. The old's good. I remember that book, Good to Great, and um, I don't know what your views were that but. One of the things that I read that I thought was like was the guy said, good is the enemy of great. I'd say good is the enemy of God. It's quite nice water. Does the trick. Greg, do you want to sample this new water? No one else has tasted it yet. It comes from the springs up north where no one's tapped into it yet. Nah. <laughs> Now, the old's good. This does the job. Yeah, quite happy with it. The new one would cost me a bit more. So now I'm quite happy just to pay a dollar for this. I don't want to pay $5 for that one. Okay, cool. But see, the old's good enough. I hope we don't have a good enough mentality here. I hope that's not our heart. Because the Father gave his best. And he gave his best that we would receive the best. And he's invited you and I to the fullness. But guys, if we will not seek him, if we will not ask, if we will not seek, if we will not knock, if we will not be a people in discipleship, if we will not be a people of prayer, if we will not come and position intentionally, purposefully, at towards him, then you're going to receive what you've always received, And so if we sow sparingly, we're going to reap sparingly. And we cannot come into this through our ability. And that's what Jesus was saying when he fed the people. He says, how are we going to deal with the situation? What is the disciples' response to feeding? Send them away. See, they looked through the natural. They saw the need through the natural. And they said, oh, my goodness, we can't do that. No, you're right. Don't even try. And the Bible says Jesus took the food and he looked toward heaven and he blessed it. He said, Father, multiply it. See, we're not going to be able to get into what I'm speaking about through the flesh. You're not going to be able to enter into this life through the old way. You have to let the Father bring you into it as you let go and go. My mindset Needs to go. My mindset needs to die. It needs to be renewed because I've been trying to understand everything I'm hearing through a mindset, my old mindset. And I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting sick of it. And I'm getting tired. Someone said to me once in my men's group now, he's now come into this life, he said, Greg, he said, I didn't understand anything you were saying. He said, I was trying to understand it through my mind. And I was getting so tired, I was falling asleep in your messages. Because the enormity of what I was trying to understand through my head was making me tired. I understand that. Because it's anti the way in which you understand. We receive through the power of the Spirit of God in our spirit. And the Spirit of God renews our mind And now we actually have proper understanding. So now we can see and live accordingly to the picture that we've been revealed. I'm just trying to say it as it is and tell you the truth so you don't have to waste a whole lot of time getting frustrated and burnt out. And ultimately you'll leave. And we've seen that. Some good, some not. No one's race is ever over. But we can go round the mountain 50 million times, can't we? She'll be coming round the mountain when she's in yee I remember with Jeremy once and he said to me, there's Dorothy. We're having a laugh. There's Dorothy. There she comes again. There she comes again. There she comes again. Something within us has to go enough's enough. I've been trying, trying. I've been trying, I've been trying, I've been trying. My head hurts. I surrender. And God's waiting for that. Then he comes. He's attracted to a heart of humility like a moth to light. It's a broken spirit I look for. Not someone who brings me offerings and sacrifices. A broken, contrite heart. I work with that heart. I know the other heart from afar. So Father, I just pray and I ask that we would be open to hear, to see, to receive, believe, move towards you. You have been given the role to lead us into all truth, not us. And you tell us that upon the revelation of Jesus, you build a church that overpowers the gates of Hades. You build a church that's on fire. You build churches on life because you're the builder. We are the church that's being built, and you build your way. And you say, this is what my church looks like. So I pray, Lord, that it would be an abundance of love and grace and a love that believes, hopes, all things, holds no wrongs, that we can find you and one another in this journey and walk it out through what you've given us called discipleship, where we lock arms, we believe all things for each other, hope all things, and give you our yes continuously. And when offense comes, love overrides it. When hurt comes, love overrides it because love is present and love covers a multitude of our weaknesses and we will believe for one another, hope for one another, walk together into the fullness of this life and be a family, a true family, Lord, that do not leave when times get tough but stay and work it out like we do in our physical families. Bring the physical into the spiritual in our hearts, Lord. Bring what we do naturally into our spirit so we are able to live what you have designed out in the right way, in the right order. I ask this in your name. Amen.